You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And away we go. It's another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show. Pete Sweeney, the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, joining you on this Tuesday, June 2nd. John Dixon, my deputy editor, also joining me on this program. John, a crazy weekend in Kansas City. We're going to get into that in just a few moments, but how are you doing? I'm all right. Got to see my granddaughter open her birthday present, which hadn't arrived from uh, mail order when we went over to the party on Saturday. So we took it over there last night and I got to see that. That was fun. Since I live in Kansas City and my family lives in New York, that's typically how I send presents now. It's not really wrapped. It's just in this cardboard box where you don't know whatever's in it. So that right. that's the way that I do things. And I think that's the gift of the future. Want to get real for a second? I'll be honest with some of the listeners. I had conversations with John this morning about doing a show at all. It is a point in the world, in Kansas City, in the country, where it doesn't really feel like talking about football is all that appropriate. There are bigger issues, and I think we saw some of that this week. So here's how we're going to do this program. A couple of the chiefs, the prominent chiefs, have made statements on the issues at hand, the death of George Floyd, the Black Lives Matter movement. So we're going to go through some of those. The team, Mahomes and and Chris Jones will provide some of the things we're feeling. I want to explain for the audience what Blackout Tuesday is. Uh, we'll take a quick break and then we'll go into some of the Chiefs football stories over the last couple of days try to try to pivot and, and give some kind of normalcy here in, in what is something we all need to be, I think, paying more attention to than really Chiefs football. But we will provide some Chiefs football-specific content on the second half of this podcast. But again, seems like the world has been put on pause a little bit. There's been protests nationwide after the death of George Floyd in Minnesota. As of this morning, we've seen three or four days straight of protests in Kansas City. I actually live in the Plaza Westport area, so it's really just been right uh, in my backyard. And as a result, the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, and Chris Jones have all issued specific statements. So John and I are going to alternate here. I'm going to first read the Chiefs statement. Chiefs Kingdom. This week was scheduled to be the culmination of the Relive campaign, the end of a journey we started in March celebrating our Super Bowl championship run. We will continue to relive the pinnacle of last year's historic season soon, but we believe our collective attention should be focused on the important conversations that are happening in our country, 
The senseless murders of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Arbery are a grievous reminder of the inequality that exists in our nation. We all have an opportunity and a responsibility to advocate for change. Part of the mission of the Chiefs is to unite our community, and we need unity now more than ever. We will get back to bringing you updates and an inside look at your team in the days to come. But for now, we encourage you to listen, to learn from, and most importantly, love one another. So that is a statement from the Kansas City Chiefs. And then from Patrick Mahomes yesterday afternoon. First, I send prayers to the family and friends of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Aubrey. As I have watched everything that has happened over the last week and even before then, I've tried to put my feelings into words. As a kid who was born with a black dad and white mom, I have been blessed to be accepted for who I am my entire life. But that isn't the case for everyone. The senseless murders that we've witnessed are wrong and cannot continue in our country. All I can think about is how I grew up in a locker room where people from every race, every background, and every community came together and became brothers to accomplish a single goal. I hope that our country can learn from the injustices that we've witnessed to become more like the locker room where everyone is accepted. We all need to treat each other like brothers and sisters and become something better. Let's be the world where my little sister, generations to come, and even my future kids will grow up never having to experience these tragedies and instead love each other unconditionally. Love and unite. Hashtag justice for George Floyd. And then Chris Jones. First and foremost, I wanted to share my condolences to the family of George Floyd as they, along with the entire country, mourn his unnecessary and tragic death. I stand with those who demand justice for George Floyd's murder and systematic change to a system that has disregarded the lives of African-American men countless times. While I am filled with outrage at what has transpired and support all of the peaceful protests going on across the country, I want to urge everyone to figure out how we can continue this demand for change and bring an end to this institutional racism without self-destructing our communities and hurting innocent small businesses who all share our feelings and anger. And that is signed the Kansas City Chiefs defensive tackle, Chris Jones. So three statements, and these are just three of what has been social posts really across the board by several different chiefs. These were really only the, what would be called official statements. But again, there's a lot of chiefs right now talking uh, about this issue. John, when you take it all in, the statements, everything that's been going on in Kansas City, what are your thoughts right now? Well, I was very impressed with Chris Jones' statement. I thought it articulated things very well, covered just about everything in a very responsible way that reflects the kind of leadership he brings to his teammates. I was very interested in Mahomes' take, versions of which I have seen expressed by other NFL players that look at the locker room. We have a common goal, and that allows us to embrace our differences rather than fight over them. And that's a very good lesson, I think, for the country, is that we have a, a common goal. Everyone wants to be safe. Everyone wants to be prosperous. You know, those are things that we can all agree upon. And if we can settle on that common goal and find ways to get there by embracing our differences, perhaps there is hope. Well said by you, John. I, I 
I think it's hard for John and I, and I'm not afraid to say this. I mean, we, we're just two white guys, right? So yeah. uh, we, we've never experienced some of the tragedies and really the experience of being a black man in this country where when you go out into the open, and I, say, I saw Emmanuel Acho of ESPN, former player, he said something such as, there are things that we think about and are regular to us that you'll never experience, which is amazing to me, like getting stopped at a stoplight and, and never having to worry about losing your life by a cop. It's so prevalent and, and, and I think finally it's come to this grand head. And I think, again, as white guys, and, and I'm not afraid to say that, a big part of this for us is just to listen and hear what is happening. And then I think the next step is to find ways to embrace change and, and ways that we can help with that. It, it's been a long road and you talk about the NFL and they, they pushed Colin Kaepernick out. They pushed him out. And I know a lot of people didn't agree with the type of protest where he was kneeling in front of the flag, but there's a lot of people in recent weeks and this week saying he tried to peacefully protest and it wasn't working. And John, you've lived a lot longer than I have. You've probably seen a lot of attempts over the years at peaceful protesting. And not to say that I support rioting. I think everyone would say we don't support rioting. But one point I made on, on another show is, is I just think this feels more significant because it feels like the country is burning. Again, I don't want to see any loss of life. I don't want to see people beaten to a pulp like you've seen on Twitter but this one feels a little bit more significant. And I think you just have to hope that this leads to some kind of change. It's very much like 1968, truth be told, 51 years ago. You know, that was a, a summer that was full of protests, some peaceful, some violent, where people were trying to make something change. So in that way, it feels to me very much like 1968. I was still pretty young, but I remember it clearly. And it was a, it was a very, throughout the year, you know, that we had assassinations of political leaders. We had these protests going on. We had not so much political division as we have now, I would say, but there was division among age groups that was just as polarized as the political divisions we see today. And we got through it. You know, we got out on the other side and there were things that changed. Not everything. You know, some of the things that we're fighting about today, they were fighting about in 1968. Right. I think it's a mistake to think that we can solve all these problems overnight, but we're not going to solve them if we don't listen to each other and try and see the good that people are trying to accomplish. I think we often get so wrapped up in our own viewpoints that we fail to listen. And this might be one of those cases. And I, and I include myself in that. I, I think sometimes I fail to listen when I should. And I, I'm not going to hold myself above other people here. I, I, I just feel like um, we're all confused. We're all sick about what we've seen on a lot of different levels. I think we all have the same goal, as I said a moment ago, to be safe and be prosperous and 
live our lives in peace. I think I, that's a universal goal, I think. It doesn't seem unreasonable to say. It's just, how do we get there? And to me, it seems like it starts by listening. Right. It, it'll start by listening. And then I think as time goes on, there'll be some actionable items to take. And you hope that every day the world becomes a better place. And, and I think you hope that some of these protests this weekend are, are just the first step in that direction. It is Blackout Tuesday, and it was something started by the music industry, a collective action by the industry to protest racism and police violence. There's a lot of people simply posting completely blacked out posts on their social media channel. It is an action organized in response to some of the deaths that we've seen. And we've already seen between, I would say, 10 and 20 Kansas City Chiefs that have partaken in this effort. We at Arrowhead Pride, and I'm speaking on behalf of Arrowhead Pride as the editor-in-chief, we support this cause and we are partaking in Blackout Tuesday. And if this is something that matters to you and you're active on social media, it may be something that you ought to consider. So that, I think, is as much as we can say. And I'll reiterate what John said. The key here is to listen. So at this point, I think we're going to put our efforts toward that and hopefully be a part of this eventual solution and create a world where where we can live in, in peace. So that is where we're at as far as the world goes. We are going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, we'll go over some of the Chiefs news and storylines that has come out over the past few days. You're listening to the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show, Pete Sweeney, John Dixon. John, I, I think over the last four days, the biggest Chiefs news that has come out is a extreme pivot from what we thought was going on with Chris Jones. We were under the understanding that Chris Jones was participating in virtual meetings and off-season conversations and installs and so on and so forth, but it appears that that is not the case. 
Now, the deadline is July 15th, and, and of course, you still have plenty of time, but Matt Judon, as you mentioned, he signed his tag. He has locked in his money for Chris Jones. He has not signed his tag, still not under contract with the Chiefs. You know, there was a report a couple days ago about how the, the contract talks for Chris Jones really haven't gained much traction. Did a little digging on that today. My understanding is there have actually been no talks, no discussions, no negotiations at all since the Kansas City Chiefs tagged him more than $15 million per year. And of course, there's not a lot of contract talks with any teams going on. The uncertainty about the season starting has led to a little bit of a halt in contract negotiations. And the Chiefs also would like to get done star quarterback Patrick Mahomes. We'll see if they can do both of these extensions this summer. Now, I don't want to call the Chiefs liars, but what they've been doing over the past couple months is giving out the impression that talks are ongoing and that they are on good terms. And to me, this was a complete pivot from that. It really seems like Chris Jones's representation, who appears probably to have given Ian Rappaport this information, it sounds like they're fed up with the fact that there has been a little bit of a lack of respect from the Kansas City Chiefs here. Yeah, and, and I think we also have to take some blame for interpreting some of the Chiefs' statements the way right. we did. They said, we have 100% participation in these Zoom exchanges with the players. But of course, Chris Jones isn't under contract. So you could say 100% participation doesn't include Chris Jones. We never bothered to ask, right. we, the media, I should say, never bothered to ask, when you say 100%, do you mean Chris Jones? We just ran with that. So that part of it is on us. And I also agree that it's pretty likely that the source for Ian Rappaport's report was probably the Jones camp because there have been a lot of overt statements from the chiefs that they are in contact with Jones's representation and they're continuing to talk. And maybe they have been. And this is just an effort to muddy the waters or to, you know, break things open from the Jones camp. That could be. Right. Um, we just don't really know. Deadlines push deals, so this could change. But my yeah. takeaway from this is it's either tag or hold out or trade, I guess. I just think after the Buckner deal and the trade, there was a new floor. One, the Chiefs are not going to be willing to come all that close to. Jones is in line if he plays on the tag to make more money by far than he's ever made in the league before. The tag has now become, I think, the most sensible solution here. And I think he winds up playing this one year on the tag and the Chiefs see what they have next offseason. And then they push forward with the Mahomes contract. I did see a report from 810's Seren Petro, interesting, that essentially said the Chiefs can afford both the tag and a new contract for Mahomes, but they would be limited in new contracts throughout the season like we saw in bringing on a Mike Pennell. And you're going to want to have that wiggle room during the season, but the Chiefs are in such a bind here where you may have to live without some of these role players at the middle of the year that jumped in and played significant snaps for the Chiefs. Terrell Suggs, I, I think, is another guy that comes to mind where you were able to add on these key guys that, that led you to the championship, and that might not be the case if it plays out the way we think it might play out when it comes to both Chris Jones and Patrick Mahomes. John, you covered this. NBC Sports, longtime 
former Sports Illustrated writer Peter King. He picks the Chiefs to return as Super Bowl champions. This would be the first time a team repeats in years and years, the early 2000s when the New England Patriots were able to do it. So I'll quote one of the things he said. Where are they challenged? The offensive speed is back, led by Tyreek Hill. They added an offensive piece, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire could give Reed and Eric Bieniemy an added dimension. Last year, the Chiefs were 23rd in the league in rush yards per game, but the combo platter of Damian Williams and Edwards-Alaire could be lethal. It's true. I, I, I keep pushing this potential return back to that 2018 offense, which was one of the greatest offenses we've ever seen with the addition of Clyde. Are you surprised that Peter King picks the Chiefs to repeat here? Well, no, because he picked them last year. Turned out to be right. Um, and I think, it's a, I think it's a reasonable pick. But I, as said in the piece I wrote about it, that I was really surprised by the lack of hyperbole in the piece. You know, he's not raving about how great Patrick Mahomes is. He's very matter-of-fact about it. This is a team that's got all the pieces to make it work, and there's no reason to think that they can't continue to make it work. And I think that's a reflection of how similar the Chiefs team will be to the 2019 squad, probably more so than any other team in the league. That's due not just to the fact they had a very small number of draft picks this season, but also because of the moves that they've made. Uh, they, they sought to retain their key players. And, uh, you know, 20 of 22 starters, isn't that the figure that we're returning in 2020? So I think it's a reasonable pick from King but one that doesn't seem to be based on some kind of high-flying nonsense like some of these do. The Chiefs have a tough schedule at the beginning of the year, too, and they didn't know that when they tapped into their off-season strategy. But again, the fact that these guys have played with each other and new players don't really need to get used to some of these other players, that's going to be an advantage, especially at the beginning of the year, because you're already looking at a minimum of just having training camp and no on-field off-season workouts, right? Who knows if that is cut into? We assume that it won't be at this point because it seems to be trending in that direction, but we don't know. Even so, you're only going to have training camp to prepare. Teams need to have time to gel with one another. And I think the Chiefs going, and like you said, John, and like has gone around Kansas City, returning 20 of 22 Super Bowl starters will be an advantage for sure, I think, especially during that, what I would call a gauntlet at the beginning of the year. I, I like their second half schedule a lot more than their first half. Right. It's going to be tough. Uh, it's going to be tough, and the Chiefs are in a position that they could could weather it pretty well. King did make one point in his article where he said that there's always the worry that a defending champion will come into the next season fat and happy, and you always have to consider that a possibility. But we certainly haven't seen statements from the Chiefs indicating that that's how they feel about it. They all talk about, you know, wanting to come in and work and 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 continue and and uh, get another championship this coming season. So yeah. uh, I, 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 I don't see that, but it's a reasonable thing for King to worry about. The crazy thing for the Chiefs, and this is where they're lucky, they have three antidotes for that. Patrick Mahomes, you know, will not let the rest of the team mm -hmm. slip up. Yep. Even last year, he was already yelling at guys like McCole Hardman to run. There was one story about having to tell Sammy Watkins to run harder because he was slowing down in practice. He's hungry to win a lot of championships. You should listen to the way he talks about Michael Jordan and Tom Brady. You can tell that he really not only wants to be 
a great player for the Chiefs, but a great player in the history of sports period. And that hunger will drive the offense. And then I look at Tyron Matthew and Frank Clark. You talk about fat and happy. Let's, let's think about the, the deals that they signed, those fat contracts. And they were still hungry to win. And I, I find the same thing about Matthew that I do Mahomes. I mean, he just wants to be one of the greatest players of all time. It is that Hall of Fame level of aspiration. And he doesn't let the young guys slip up either. I talked to Tyron Matthew shortly after his opening presser on the side. And one of the things he discussed was his phone call with Patrick Mahomes. And I'll remember this forever. Essentially, what Pat told him on the phone was, I got the offense. We just need you on the defensive side. And last year, that defensive leadership helped lead the Chiefs to a Super Bowl title. I just don't see it slipping up in year two of this partnership between Mahomes and Matthew. Mahomes and Matthew, the anti-fat and happy. (laughs) Right. So CBS Sports put together a list of every team's best draft class since 2000. And I'm going to read you the Chiefs' best draft class since 2000. Leon McQuay, Ukeme Aligwe, J.U. Chesson, Kareem Hunt. They're all part of it. Tano Passio and Patrick Mahomes. You could take an absolutely otherwise useless draft class, and because of Patrick Mahomes, that is the number one class. And they're right. The crazy thing is they are 100% correct because there are some teams in the league, if you could say, okay, in 2011, we're going to give you Patrick Mahomes, you say, all right, we don't need the next five drafts. We'll figure it out in free agency. That's how much he means to the franchise. And you could take a draft class that is otherwise almost useless. I'm excited for Tano Passanio. He seems to be coming into his own under Steve Spagnolo. But this is all about Mahomes. Right. I agree. Yeah, I don't understand. There seems to be, maybe I'm overthinking this, but there seems to be a rush among Chiefs fans and some analysts to discredit the 2018 draft as much as possible. And I I don't understand that. We had a terrific draft in 2019. No general manager is going to get everyone right, especially when he comes in as the general manager after June in a particular season. That would be like the worst case scenario, I think to come in as a GM to have so little time to put your own stamp on what is the, what it is that you're doing. I don't know. I've gotten to the point I don't care whether or not the 2018 draft was any good or not because we had the 2017 draft. <laughs> exactly. And you won the yeah. Super Bowl. I, I've yeah. said this on the radio too because the 2018 draft, to be honest, is nothing to write home about. It doesn't look like there's going to be any sure no pros as a part of it. But... And this, you can say about the Sammy Watkins contract too, when he wasn't really producing during the regular season. If the team wins the Super Bowl, you almost made no mistakes, right? Because certain things don't go a certain way. For example, Breland Speaks, say that's another player and you end up getting a safety with that pick. Maybe you don't go after Tyron Matthew and maybe the team's a little bit different. So when you win a championship, that is the ultimate goal. Yeah, there are going to be some things that you wish you may have done differently, but it's just hard at that point to complain about anything in particular. And that's how I feel. And I was first to admit, like, don't get me wrong. I used to go on the radio and say, why is this guy Watkins making as much money as he is? Well, he ran away from Richard Sherman on one of the biggest plays of the last, what, five decades? 
So mm-hmm. I was wrong about that. So I was wrong. And I'm willing to admit that when you win a Super Bowl, all bets are off. And so I agree. I wish the 2018 draft of the Chiefs was better, but they got a ring. The ring is yep. the thing. My dad likes to say this thing. The ring is the thing. That, I don't know why he says it, but I guess it makes sense here. Is he a Beyonce fan? Oh, man. He's not a single lady. I'll, I'll say that much. <laughs> I'm glad you got that reference. I thought, oh, I don't know if he's going to get that or not. <laughs> Andy Reid was recently on the Rich Eisen show. I recently said whenever Andy Reid joins national programs, he's just a little bit looser. And yeah. he was certainly loose when he was describing quarterback development with Rich Eisen. Quarterback is a lot like being a farmer. Like the work's never, never done. There's something in the game that you can that you can work on. And then it's our responsibility to give them new challenges. And, and so there, there's so much you can do uh, offensively in football right now. And they're, they're really, they're no, there's no rules as far as there. I mean, there are certain rules. We still got to stop at red lights, but it's uh, there, there's a lot of ways to get to it. So um, the, the the expansion, I guess, of offenses with the way the colleges are playing now is greater than it's ever been. And, and we're able to utilize more field than we've ever used. And so uh, let's explore that. And let's not say anything's impossible until we prove it's impossible ourselves. Let's try that. And then, and then we'll see where we end up. You know, who knows? Um, but, it, but he's all in on that kind of thinking. And, and he, he doesn't put a lot of blinders on his game. I give so much credit to Alex when he was here, Alex Smith, just uh, for the job that he did on letting him understand that. Let, understand that, okay, you've got talent. Uh, let's see where, where it ends. Let's, uh, let's not be afraid to go there and, and see where we can get this thing and explore that. And Alex was, was great with that. Never fails. Andy Reid likes to praise Alex Smith in the development of Patrick Mahomes. But I think in this case, he's right. And I, it struck me, we used to talk about the effort Alex in the 2017 season. And that's what this sounds like, that we shouldn't be afraid to find out what we're capable of doing. And I think Alex Smith finally embraced that in his final season with the Chiefs. And we saw the results. And then the offense was ready for Patrick Mahomes to come in and begin starting in 2018 and look what happened. This quote from Andy Reid just goes back to my last point. I don't see Mahomes, even with an MVP, even with a Super Bowl MVP, even with a Lombardi trophy, getting tired of racking these things up. I think he's only going to want more. Amazing to say that he has this wherewithal and this sense of wanting to be great at the age of 24. But again, that is what this is. This is all tying together for us. That is what makes the 2017 NFL draft so great. They got this gem of a player that only comes along once in a generation. It seems to this point, again, it could fall off out of the blue. Don't expect that to happen. This seems like right now a generational player. John, one of our most popular articles last week was the percentage of cap article for Patrick Mahomes. In your own estimation, does this happen? I think there's at least a possibility it happens, but I think largely it depends on factors that are beyond the chief's control. And what I'm talking about is whether or not the salary cap continues to go up in 2021. The Chiefs are going to be short a lot of players in this next season. If they win a Super Bowl, they're not going to be able to return 20 of 22 starters, even if the salary cap goes up. 
because they're going to have to make some kind of a contract with Patrick Mahomes. They're going to have to retain some of their players to free agent contracts. They do have a lot of cap space next year, but it's going to go away very quickly when they start making those kinds of moves. So if they don't have as much cap space to work with in 2021 because the salary cap decreases, then that increases the likelihood that Patrick Mahomes will get some kind of a percentage of cap deal. And I think it's important to say that that doesn't necessarily mean that his entire compensation will be based on a percentage of cap. There will be some kind of significant salary bonus, whatever, that is a fixed amount. So, you know, you you shouldn't expect to see this. We're just going to pay Patrick Mahomes 17% of the cap. I don't think that's going to happen. I think what we're going to see is Patrick Mahomes gets this signing bonus of this size, and he's going to get this yearly salary of this size, and then we're going to give him 5% of the cap or 3% of the cap so that he gets gets a taste of the increase of the salary cap over the years, and he continues to make more money but it doesn't come at a cost of so much of a cost of making it difficult to acquire players to play alongside him. So many fans are so worried about a future Mahomes contract, which he deserves ruining this idea that the team can be competitive. A percent of the salary cap type of deal should ease concerns about that. If the chiefs choose to go in that direction, because that is exactly what it's addressing. Well, we want to pay you what you deserve. But here's the best way we can do it and still surround you with the talent you need to succeed in the future. I don't see it happening. I don't, I don't think the owners are going to want to set that precedent. But I will say this. If there was ever a player to throw the book out the window for, we have, we have found him. This is turning into what is a Patrick Mahomes love fest podcast, but <laughs> it really is just the case. I, I try to always say this. like I don't. I'm the type, it's an interesting scenario for me personally, because I don't feel like the type of journalist that likes to be biased in one way or another. And actually, when I, during the Alex Smith there, it got me in a little trouble at AP because I would just tell you how I feel truthfully. This guy is so good. He's so good. And he's the best player the Chiefs have ever had. And he might be the best player over the next 10 to 20 years. Again, if there's ever a time to throw out that proverbial precedent, it's now. It's now. I called it a perfect storm in the article I wrote about it because there's two things going on that would make this the time for a percentage of cap contract to take place. One of them is the leverage that Mahomes has because he is such such a special generational player. And the other is the situation about what the cap might be in 2021. Those two things aren't going to happen all that often. And it's astonishing that they're happening at the same time. Well, we'll end up seeing where the Chiefs go with this Patrick Mahomes uh, contract. I thought that article was really interesting. I thought you did a good job with that, John. And I wanted to just bring up my article from the weekend on Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And as I was digging in on this guy, I just wanted to say, I think the Chiefs got another one. We haven't seen a play of Clyde Edwards-Alaire yet, but the way he's talking seemingly as a 21-year-old, is similar to the feelings that I got when Patrick Mahomes had first entered the building and, and he seemed wise beyond his years. And I, I just think it's, it's worth noting 
that the Chiefs have seemed to go in this direction over the past few years of getting these players that just seem like adults when they walk in the room at the age of 21. I'm 31 years old now. If I had some of, I guess, the backbone that some of these guys have right now as they enter the chip, maybe I'd be president of the United States at this point. I know I'm only 31 and I'm four years to go, but it just seems like... <laughs> It just seems like they have prioritized attitude more than they ever have, at least in my six years covering the Chiefs in the last two or three years or so. I would say they have prioritized attitude more than any Chiefs team I've ever seen. I think that's a fair statement. Sometimes at the expense of athletic attributes, but who's going to argue with success? You know, four division championships in a row, a Super Bowl victory over a seven-year, ten-year. I, I don't see how you, I don't see how you say that's bad. I also think that Clyde is, without a doubt, the RB one of this team. I just, I understand all the sentiment for Damian Williams. I just listen to the way that the team talks about this guy, the fact that running backs coach Dylan McCullough almost was calling him being drafted to the team a few days before leading up to it. There were those conversations between CEH, or as you like to call him, Dash. I'm not forgetting about that, John, and, <laughs> and, and McCullough leading into it. I mean, this was a player the organization wanted, and it feels like such an Andy Reid puzzle piece of just another guy they're going to plug and play, and they really feel is going to have success with Patrick Mahomes. I find that I just think he's going to be a production machine. I really do. And he's only going to make the production for guys like Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill better when this team can eventually finally get onto the field. And here's the thing, and I know there's a lot of devil's advocate people out there. Damian Williams did so well in the playoffs. I simply don't think that Damian Williams can stay on the field for a full season, meaning that Clyde will get a handful of games somewhere along the lines at least to show what he can do. And once that happens, it's going to be no looking back for Andy Reid. We've seen Andy Reid, and he'll ride the hot hand. We saw it at left guard with Stefan Wisniewski. All of a sudden, Wisniewski comes in. Wiley had been pretty good, but he's going to roll with what's working. And I think you see that at some point with the running backs, even in a scenario, which I don't think will happen, where Damian Williams starts the year as the top running back for the Chiefs. Yeah, when you started, I was going to uh, say, yeah, I agree with all of what you're saying, except that I would say he is eventually the RB1. And then you came around and made that point for me. So, Well, there you go. We hope that we provided, I guess, a little bit of levity in what has been a wild couple days in Kansas City. Uh, you can follow us on Arrowhead Pride. Please keep it locked in at arrowheadpride.com for all your Chiefs news and coverage as we move along this offseason. John, 100 days today until Chiefs Texans on Thursday night football. So we have football coming right around the corner. If you would, please leave a rating and review. We like five-star reviews here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Coming up next on Wednesday, it's another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Laboratory. We will be back with you on Thursday. For John Dixon, I'm Pete Sweeney. Thank you for joining us. 